sermon text for this Ash Wednesday is from the book of Genesis, the third chapter. These words, Then to Adam the Lord said, Because you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it. In the, in the sweat of your face, then you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken, for dust you are, and unto dust you shall return. This is our text, dear friends, in our Lord Jesus Christ. The year 1871 had a tragic beginning for George Hersey and his family, whoever they may have been. You see, San Francisco records note that on January 8th, just eight days into the new year, Mr. George Hersey died in the county hospital. The records say that he died from the mortal effect of wounds inflicted by himself, self-inflicted mortal wounds. The available genealogical record for this tragic case of Mr. Hersey seems rather thin. What kind of wounds did he self-inflict? Why did he do it? Who were the members of his family whose lives would be affected from that time forward in a very definite way for generations then to follow? We just don't know. We don't know. We don't know the details of this tragic event resulting from the self-inflicted mortal wound. We don't know, and for most all of us, George Hersey's mortal wound doesn't affect one whit our lives in the way that we live it. For most of us, the mortal wound of Mr. Hersey is simply a trivial tragedy. There is, however, a wound that does affect you, and it affects you deeply. And the record of it is not thin. The motive for the wound is biblically clear. Those whom it affects are quite evidently known. The tragic events resulting in the wound of which I speak are not veiled in secrecy or by scarcity of fact. They are, though shrouded in shame. I take you back this Ash Wednesday to a time when time was new and when life was fresh. I take you to a place where conflict knew no place in the lives of creatures newly made. There was no discord and strife, only the harmony of serenity between creature and creature, between creature and God his creator. Lions lay down with lambs, and truth and peace and life sprang and, and bubbled up, robust, in every place. Life even grew on trees in this garden. Call it Eden. Adam did. But you can't call it home. For no one after Adam ever could. Because you see, Eden is the home of the healthy and the whole. And you and I are children of mortality. We're children of Adam. We're children of the fall. The fall. It seems it was only a piece of fruit that caused it. Why such grave and mortal consequences over a piece of fruit? But Adam's was not just a piece of fruit, it was far more. His was sacramental food, this fruit. Sacramental food for the Lord had attached to the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, his word of command. In his word of promise, 
He said, don't eat it. Don't eat it, for in the day that you do, I promise you, he said, you will surely die. And in the very day, that most tragic day at the dawn of the race of men, the day that man did take and eat what was not given for him, he most surely did. He died. Spiritually, immediately rent from communion with the living God and the God of all the living. Dead was he now in his trespass. Dead was he in his sin. Interpersonally, rent from communion with all others. Now at enmity, now hostile was he with fellow creatures, even his wife, even brother and brother. And this because of his trespass, this because of his sin. Physically now, immediately dying was he from the moment that God's no was eclipsed by man's yes. Dying was he and destined for the earth from whence he came. For dead was he now because of his trespasses. Dead was he now. As St. Paul writes, dead are we in body because of sin. Thus we heard already tonight from Genesis to Adam, the Lord said, Because you have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat of it in the sweat of your face. He said, You shall eat the bread until you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. Dust you are, and to dust you shall return. Sons of Adam and daughters of Eve, Regard well tonight and know your mortality. You own it, this mortal wound, because by birth and nature it owns you. Recall what Scripture declares, through one man sin entered the world, and death through sin and thus death and mortality spread to all because all sinned. By inheritance you're mortal. And the words that our Lord uttered to Adam in that shattered bliss of Eden, as one has called it, those words were given to echo throughout all generations of Adam's sons and daughters. Thou art dust, and unto dust thou shalt return. For the soul that sins, Scripture says, shall indeed die. Man's mortal wound self-inflicted, shared by us all, born of Adam and our mother Eve, shared by us all now, born not in God's but in Adam's image and broken likeness. In a rather recent issue of a theological journal, one of our Fort Wayne Seminary professors offered quite insightful remarks about the nature of sin and now sinful man and the deep and the integral relationship between them and the, the depth at which this mortal wound runs in mankind, he says this, and consider. He says, man sinned, and in sinning became a sinner. But also in sinning, man allowed himself to become the agent of sin. And so he says, sin itself now has an image, sinful man. Sin itself now has an image sinful man. And he adds, and through the life and work of sinful man, sin exerts its power 
and effects in its own kingdom, namely the kingdom of corruption and death. He adds this too, for sin is a power, a power but not without the form that it takes. And death and corruption, he says, are that form. How deep and how wide the mortal wound. For don't we all know it? Don't we all, every one of us, know it? Don't we know well our own personal forms of corruption, our own sin within takes when when we're all about the the thoughts and, and the words and the deeds that are wrong? Don't we know well the interpersonal wreck that our own sin has caused in the form of bitter and inconsiderate words spouted off, in the form of cold and cruel gestures, and ingratitude, how deep and how wide man's mortal wound runs. And need we really be reminded of the deathly form that it takes, this sin? We see it daily in the mirror as daily we see ourselves as we peer in the mirror die just a little bit more. We see it in the empty chairs at holiday meals and the shrinking size of our class reunions. We see it as familiar faces become memories. We feel sin's form of death in vacant minutes and sometimes hours that used to be filled on the telephone or at the kitchen table with our moms and our dads and our grandparents now returned to the dust. The tragic, universal, mortal wage and forms of sin. Knowing the paradise that once was, how sad and regretful tonight to consider what now is. Man's self-inflicted, self-inflicting mortal wound. Here once more, though, the good professor and what finally he has to say. He says, the consequences of the, of the fall are dire. Man himself, he writes, created for life and blessedness has become a willing vessel of death. Man himself must be reconstructed by him through whom man was made. And this reconstruction is the work of the cross. For my friends, you my friends who know the mortal wound well, let me tell you also tonight of blessed wounds. Let me tell you too of wounds that are red and that are rich with life. Let me tell you today of him who bears those wounds. I tell you of God, your God. God who takes no pleasure in the death of any sinner. God who is gracious and merciful and slow to anger, abounding in love. He would have all men to be saved. Come to the knowledge of him. Friends, tonight I tell you of God's Son, Jesus Christ, your Christ, who lovingly and willingly assumed mortal flesh, your flesh, who lovingly and willingly assumed mortal sin, your sin, so that he could be wounded for our transgressions, so that he could be crushed upon the tree of the cross for our iniquities. By his death, 
He destroyed him who had the power of death. By his wounds, we are healed. As you picture the blessed wounds of Christ Jesus, red with with healing balm of his forgiving and life-giving blood, the legendary image of the mother pelican comes to my mind. Maybe you recall it, that that medieval, medieval legend of old that, that said that the mother pelican would, in times of need, self-inflict wounds. Self-inflict wounds by pricking her own breast and drawing blood to feed with her lifeblood her brood. Well, you know, the medieval church, in fact, didn't lose that image. It was not an image lost on the church at all. The 13th century theologian Thomas Aquinas once captured the whole pelican-like, Christ-like image in this sacramental verse. He wrote, Thou, Jesus, like the pelican to feed her brood, didst pierce thyself to give us living food. Thy blood, O Lord, one drop has power to win forgiveness for our world and all its sin. Friends, on this Ash Wednesday, we begin the solemn season of Lent. We confess tonight penitently what we are. We repent of what we've been. In Christ-given confidence, we take and eat. And we take and drink of the fruit of the cross, of what he is, of what he did, of what he won. Fruit that, like those in primal Eden, we in heaven's Eden, by eating it, might live. It's fruit that springs from the seed of salvation, the wounds of Jesus Christ. Their life to the mortally wounded. By his wounds, we are healed. In his blessed name, amen.